Hey fellow chasers, just a quick note before we get into the episode to please rate and review the show. Check out thechasepodcast.ca for more content, and most importantly, if you like what you hear, please share it with someone else who could use a little help on their journey. Oh, and no cussing in this episode, so totally PG. Here we go. Greek mythology, fire has divine connotations. It was stolen from the gods by Prometheus and given to humanity to enable progress and civilization. Today though, we tend to think of fire as destructive, you know, something to fear. But when that fire is inside you, in your soul, well, maybe there's a little bit of divinity in that after all. You're listening to The Chase. This is my creative space. When I when I rise in the morning, if I'm not on a film and I'm working from home, and when I'm working from home, I'm styling. I come, I rise in the morning, and most mornings I don't even brush my teeth. I don't shower before I enter this room. I get I get up from bed from my bed and I come straight to this room. Because it's so it it really it puts me in a state of mind that I'm ready to take over the world for the day. I don't know, oftentimes I come here, I don't know what I'm doing, whether or not I've got a project or you know, a client that I'm working on with, um, I've got a project, an editorial, whatever. I just know that I get up here and when I arrive in this room, whatever I'm working on, the idea is just gonna come to me. That's the voice of Michelle Light. We're sitting in her design studio, which is a large open space on the second floor of her home, located in the Upper Beaches area of Toronto. I learned that the space had been designed by her sister, who is an interior designer by trade. In addition to loads of space, the room also has big windows overlooking a mature tree-lined street, and is adorned by various colors and textures, like the perfect home for the act of creation. Fashion was woven into the fabric of Michelle's character from a very early age, she comes from an ancestral lineage of self-taught cutters. By age nine, she was creating garments for her friends. At age nine, I was playing t-ball, and not even that well. So you could say that Michelle was always destined to pursue a career in fashion. The older I became, um, I stood out more by just, you know, I dressed differently. I cut my clothing up. I was hand sewing my own stuff. I was making stuff for my friends. So I always knew from a very, very young age that this was what I want. This was what my, this was what set my soul on fire. Set her soul on fire. God, I love that. Do you feel like your soul's on fire? Eh, let's leave that for a moment. Okay, so this budding young designer is growing up. As a young adult, she starts designing outfits for her friends so that they can party in style. But somewhere along the line, voices start to creep into Michelle's head. And those voices start to dissuade Michelle from pursuing her creative passions. I think those voices are always your insecurities. 
I firmly believe it's our insecurities because as much as we know it, that we should follow everything that's instinctual to us, like, like our, your gut never lies. Your gut never lies. And you know when something is right. It just sets this feeling on your entire body. I, for me, it was insecurity because I knew that, I, I, I thought that, how could I possibly make money doing this? That was the first thing. Because, you know, you're taught you should go to school, then get a good job and get married, have a family, you retire, and then you die no way, not for me. So all those things are going to happen for me, but just not like that for me. So I, my career, I just thought, no, there's no way I can make enough money. There's no way I can do this the way I want to. You know, there's all these different things. And um, it's important to kill those voices. <laughs> kill them. <laughs> The idea of killing those voices only came with age and experience. At the time, the voices, paired with a significant life event, were enough to start nudging Michelle down a different path. Um, I had my child at age 20. And so then those voices and insecurities, it started to make more sense because now I'm a single mom, I'm younger, and my main goal is providing and giving this life, new life, a great life. So then um, I somehow landed a job with Royal Bank of Canada, and I worked as a casual CSR, different branches in Scarborough. And um, then I landed a permanent job with Royal Bank at their head office in Scarborough. Spoiler alert, Michelle's not going to stay at that bank. No, she was designed for something different than that. I was designing for um, for music videos, and I sort of went along, went along, went along, got into the film business, worked on set, um, you know, left the film business, went into styling, and that was a pretty big deal for me. And then when I came back to film, I landed Suicide Squad. I landed a position as a buyer on Suicide Squad. And that was the largest... Um, film that had ever been in Toronto, shot in Toronto. It's like 200 million or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Michelle went all the way from that bank in Scarborough to working on a major film production. That's big because Scarborough, well, Hollywood, it is not. But how exactly does Michelle go from this suburb of Toronto to killing those voices and rekindling that fire in her soul? Let's go back to that bank for a moment. Michelle's being sensible and responsible, and she's pretty good at her job. But she could tell that something wasn't quite right. Every morning I got up, I knew I didn't get up on fire. I did not, I didn't rise on fire. Um, and it was, I always dragged myself to work. I loved 
you know, socializing with the customers and the, you know, my fellow, my fellow colleagues, but I didn't rise on fire. I was on fire when I was sewing for my friends. I was on fire being in the fabric stores. Um, I was on fire, you know, just being at home and, and just working and, you know, creating different things. I didn't rise on fire. So her gut is telling her she's not where she's supposed to be. It doesn't happen overnight, but eventually she listens. After four years at the bank, Michelle decides to quit, and she spends the next year of her life making a living sewing for her friends and family. My friends were always out. We were young. We were always partying. And so there was always a need for a fabulous outfit. Some tells me Michelle and her friends were slightly cooler than I was. So Michelle's making a pretty decent living this way, but her eyes were about to be opened to a larger world. It was like the universe was starting to put me in alignment with other folks that were doing this, you know, similar to the, what I'm, you know, what I wanted to do. Because I had no idea that the industry even existed in Toronto, right? So growing up in the city, not knowing this industry existed. And so I met, you know, I met another stylist that wanted me to make stuff for music videos for her. Then doing that, I met a um, another stylist that was, you know, doing other music videos and I would make stuff for them. Then I met directors. Then, you know, um, as I went along, I met different people that were all in the same business that sort of helped me along the way by employing me. The universe seems to send people in Michelle's way. And these people help guide her on the next leg of her journey. Sounds a little crazy, doesn't it? A little magical? I asked Michelle where she thinks these people came from. I don't know where they came from. I don't know who sent them, but it just happened, you know, and it, it, it's, it's a thing, it's, it's, um, it's a current feature in my life where my desires, I set my desires on what it is that I'm, what I'm aiming for. And before you know it, someone shows up out of nowhere because they were connected to someone and someone mentioned your, it, it, it happens all the time. Ask and you shall receive. Well, it's not quite that easy. But I do think there's something about putting your intentions out there or even just saying them out loud to yourself. I think that simple act is actually partly about giving yourself permission, you know, to have these dreams, these pursuits. And once you allow yourself to commit to them, well, the world sort of opens up to you, or at least it did for Michelle. Remember, Michelle started out designing for music videos. This leads her to working in the film business and ultimately led to that experience she described earlier on the film Suicide Squad. On that film, she works with a costume designer named Kate Holly. You probably aren't familiar with the name, but Kate's worked on some major film productions. I mean major. Prior to Suicide Squad, Kate worked as a costume designer on The Lovely Bones, The Three Hobbit Films, Pacific Rim, and Edge of Tomorrow. The experience of working with Kate ends up being fairly transformational for Michelle. I saw this woman just create, and I was like, oh my God, 
So it doesn't have to look a certain way. And then she had this huge team. There was all, there was a lot of people in the department and there was a few people there that were just like the, you, these creative energies that just wanted to see things, you know, come to life. And I learned a lot. And when I finished that film, um, I took a break for nine months from everything, from styling, from film, because what it is for me is that it changed the way I thought of myself as a creative, but it also changed the, you know, what I thought of, I, ha I guess I had a limited mentality in regards to design and film and styling. It was very limited. And once I saw it on that grand, grander scale, I thought, okay, things are changing for me. And after the nine months, I emerged, like just was like, I'm ready to create. I'm going to set my career on a different path. And it started to happen. Michelle now has three creative businesses in which she operates. She still works in TV and film as a buyer and costume designer. Her latest work was on the award-winning series, The Handmaid's Tale. She has a fur line called Myrtle and Oswald, which she named after her grandparents. And on top of that, she continues to do personal styling. Michelle is pretty far from that bank. When she reflects on her experience, there are a couple of lessons she's learned along the way. The first is that you can't look for others for approval or permission. Because you can't, you can't ask someone that's never seen something that is uniquely yours um, to identify what it is and to fall in love with it. What you have to do as a person is whatever you create, you own it and you love it and then you share it with the world because what that person is seeing is your love. What they fall in love with is your love, not your insecurity go projecting forward along with this tangible thing. What they fall in love with is the love that you project along with that thing. So if you're waiting for others to validate or affirm your vision or your idea, stop it. You probably aren't going to get it, and you don't need it anyway. The second is that comfort is the enemy of creativity. For me, I stagnation is not... It, it, it's comfortable for me. I don't like to be stagnant because I believe that everything in this universe evolves and changes. And I believe that if you stay at the same place all the time, then you become stagnant and you lose your creativity. Anytime Michelle realizes that she's feeling comfortable, it's time to push herself even further or even in a new direction. That's what's keeping the fire stoked now. So if you're unsure or anxious about the passion you're pursuing, well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you're on the right track. I sit down and we, we you know, I have conversations about, um, you know, so tell me, what do you want to do? What's your ultimate goal? Who are your style icons? And then you engage them, you know, you engage them in things that, okay, so 
on a day-to-day basis? What do you wear? What do you see yourself? Do you have body issues? What are your body issues? Um, you know, what do you want to accomplish? What do you, you know, all these different things and just really get into a good conversation. And then from there, I formulate an idea of what to put them in. I had asked Michelle for some insights into how she goes about styling a person. And that was her explanation of how she sizes up a client when she first meets them. So I had to ask. So we were Thank talking for, for almost an hour. Oh, Did wow. you size me up while we were talking? Oh, you look great. <laughs> you look great. I looked at your color of shirt. First of all, I thought to myself, the color of shirt and the pattern, I thought, very nice because it looks good on your skin. Ah, interesting. Okay, yeah. So uh, I will admit that meeting someone in the fashion industry, I gave a lot of thought as oh, to what I was here today. Yes. I noticed, I tell you, as soon as you walked in, I was like, oh, purple shirt. Yes, he is definitely creative. You didn't show up with a blue shirt, right? You didn't show up with a white shirt. White shirt's professional, but you could have just played it safe with a white shirt, but you showed up with a purple shirt, a, you know, little lavender lilac with little tiny paisley. And it just everything, the brown belt, the jeans, the socks, well done. There's no lesson or anything here. I just want it on the record that, well, I still got it. Well, I should be content with leaving you with a not so humble brag about my fashion sense. I think I'd rather leave you with this. I asked Michelle what was next. I was curious what someone who seemingly achieved all she could want to achieve looks to as a next step. And I wasn't let down. To know what my ultimate goal will be, I, I can't tell you what that is today. Um, but I know that I will always keep on achieving things I will that even I, in my early stages of my life, thought was impossible. That's pretty incredible. It's to always be achieving what you thought previously. I thought was can't wait to see what it happens. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> Is it fair to say you woke up this morning feeling that fire? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got up this morning pretty darn stoked.